Hey friends, I uh, want to thank you for joining in today. Uh, we're going to do a little study through the book of Philippians over this Christmas break. So if you have your Bibles, bring uh, turn to Philippians chapter 1. Uh, that's Philippians chapter 1. Uh, I want to invite you to uh, take some time to, to th- think over this holiday season of how you can grow in faith uh, while we're on this break, I want to invite you to serve and to worship uh, in your local church to find a place to get involved and get connected. So first, uh, verse 1, I want to start with um, Paul and Timothy's introduction to all the saints in Jesus Christ. This is a key theme for Paul, to be in Christ, or to be in Christ Jesus, or to be in Jesus, uh, or to be with Jesus. It's essential to Paul's thinking. Uh, The whole Christian life is about uh, being with God and being with Jesus in a very intimate, real, uh, satisfying, fulfilling way. Uh, He wants to encourage this church because it's a small church. Uh, It is a poor church. And they've heard that Paul is in jail and that he's been um, chained to a guard and he is in Rome and things are not looking good. But he wants to write this encouragement to them uh, so that they would be of good cheer. And so in verse 3 it says, I thank my God in all my remembrances of you. And so that's what we have to do uh, in this season. We just have to be thankful. When things aren't looking good and things aren't going the way uh, we would expect them to, we just have to have an attitude of gratitude. It might be a little cliche to say it that way, but it truly is. Is What is our attitude? Are, are, we, are we grumbling and complaining? Are we resentful? Are we prideful? Are we being selfish? Are we truly, truly being thankful for what God has done for us? And that's what Paul is doing. He says, in every prayer of mine for you. So every time he prays for them, which we believe is quite often, he makes these prayers with joy. And and that comes with an attitude of gratitude. It comes with a thankful spirit that we are joyful uh, for what we have and what we've been given, whether it's a little or a lot. But we truly just learn to uh, live in the joy that comes from Christ, right? The, Jesus said in, in John 15, says, I, I want you to have my joy so your joy may be complete. And he's celebrating these things because of the partnership uh, that they have had in the gospel and sharing the gospel. Uh, this church has given a lot of money to Paul. Um, we don't know exactly how much, but we know that uh, they gathered uh, money regularly and sent it to Paul, and Paul used that money to travel, to buy food, and to minister to others. So that's the biggest Christmas challenge of us all, is how do we partner with sharing the gospel? Uh, a simple way is invite your neighbors over uh, around the holiday season uh, to celebrate. Uh, last year, my wife and I did a carol and communion, and we invited our immediate neighbors. We we didn't go very far. We invited five or six neighbors who lived uh, right around us, and we had dessert, and we sang Christmas carols, and most importantly, we uh, partook in communion. We looked uh, at Christ uh, born on, on Christmas Day and then thought of his death 
and the words that he gave us. And he says, this is my body that was broken for you. Take, eat, in remembrance of me. And then he said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you. Take and drink in remembrance of me. So that was a very uh, non-threatening, very kind, warm, friendly way to, to share the gospel of Jesus with people. Another way is to invite someone to a Christmas Eve service or to your church and invite them in to uh, worship with you so that they can hear the gospel. I heard a preacher once say that when you come to church, that should be the second time they're hearing the gospel. The first time is when you shared it with them. The second was when they came to church. And that's a very simple way to just to consider a way to partner in the gospel efforts. Other is to look at organizations that are doing international mission work, going to communities and places where the gospel has not been preached or it hasn't been fully seated and and giving uh, financially to help these people and at least praying for these people. I have some great friends doing some wonderful mission work uh, throughout the world. I have friends in in Africa, uh, the island of Hispaniola and Central and South America there are a lot of places that uh, the gospel is thriving and they need our resources to, and our partnership with them in order to continue their efforts. And so ultimately from there, Paul encouraged us to faith in good works. He wants us to know that God is at work in us, and we'll get to more of that a little later on, but that he who has begun this good work will bring it to completion. So if you are going through a tough season, if you are in a season of maybe doubt or weariness, depression or anxiety, and this verse uh, is is your encouragement that God is at work in you and he will bring it to completion. Just uh, continue to press into him. Be with Christ. As he says in verse 7, be a partaker of this grace. We have been given this grace to live in and he wants us to to, to, to rest in it. And, and Romans, uh, Paul refers to it that we can stand in it as if it's an actual place, a, a foothold in this world, that we can stand in the grace of God and know uh, that we are secure. Um, and, and then ultimately that we, we want, he wants to share in God's affection, that, that Christ's love for us and God's love for us is, is being poured out. And that we need to rejoice in that and, and, and see the goodness that's coming from God. And so that where, whereas he transitions, verse 12, he says, I want you to know what is happening to me really served to advance the gospel. He wants his readers to know that the church that he started in Philippi, that his imprisonment is not in vain. In fact, that Paul himself was in prison in Philippi. There was a moment where him and Timothy were in jail and they were singing songs. And there was a great earthquake, and the jailer comes in thinking that everyone had left and he was going to kill himself because that's what soldiers did when the jailer, the prisoners escaped. But he, Paul cries out, says, no, we're still here. And Paul was actually able to share the gospel with the uh, Philippian jailer and his family, and they were the beginning of the Philippian church. So he's very accustomed. They are aware of what has happened in prison, but there's something about this situation that just seems very different. Being in Rome, being chained chained to these guards uh, looks a lot harder uh, than when he was in Philippi. But Jesus, but Paul wants them to know what Jesus is doing, that he's been able to share the gospel with all the imperial guards. So now the whole palace of Caesars coming to faith and understanding of what Christ wants of them because 
and what Paul has been doing in this jail. And so we can take encouragement the same way. That no matter the season that we're in, the hardship that we're in, uh, I had a good friend of mine a handful of months ago, he was diagnosed with cancer and ended up in the hospital for about a month. And that whole time he was there, he realized that God had put him there so that he could be uh, grow in faith, but to share the gospel with all the nurses. And he lived every day with a positive attitude. Uh, he posted on Facebook, he shared it on Instagram, but most importantly, he shared it with every doctor and nurse that walked into his hospital room, and he told them how much God loved him, and how much God loved them, and and how that, just the effect that it had. So look at your situations, consider, are you looking at it in joy, and, and, and Thanksgiving, or are you doing it in a season of mum, grumbling or complaining? And sometimes we can see other people sharing the gospel, and maybe they're sharing it in a way that is different. Maybe it's a different style or a different manner. And that's what Paul uh, looks, verse 15, says, Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, and others from goodwill. My heart for you is that you will share the gospel out of goodwill, and not for selfish ambitions or, or gain, but that you'll actually consider how you live and allow it to be a way to share the gospel with others, uh, but doing it with a pure heart. And, and God knows our heart. God knows what's going on. God knows what they're doing. And, and we, to some extent, just allow God to be God and, and just for us to do what we need to be doing. And as Paul said in verse 18, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in in that I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. And just uh, continue to just be rejoicing that Jesus is proclaimed and allow the truth to go forward. Verse 19, For I know that through your prayers and help of the Spirit of Christ, Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Um, maybe Paul thought he was going to get out. Maybe he thought he was going to be able to plead his case to Caesar and he'd be released. Or, or maybe not. We, we don't know. But what we do see, verse 21, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Right, verse 23, for I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. Uh, Paul was not morbid in his thinking. He was not trying to, to rush out of this life, but he knew of the grandeur that existed on the other side. Uh, we know in Second Corinthians that he talks about of a man called up to this third heaven and how glorious it was that literally could not be described. We think of uh, John's word in Revelation chapter 1 where he says, When I saw, looked upon the Lord and his face shone like the sun. You know, you can step outside and look at the sun and, and it's very hard to look at. I don't encourage you to do it because it's bad for your eyes. But you can just for a moment peer, look into it and it's just so radiant and so pure. And, and all those days where the clouds come before and you can just see that perfect circle and it's radiant glory. And that's that's what heaven's going to be like. It's just going to be this amazing thing. And to be face-to-face with Christ, uh, there's nothing like it. Uh, and, and there's nothing this world can offer that would compare to what rests on that other side. And that's what Paul is trying to encourage others, even in our hardships and even in our sufferings and even in our trials, that we would remember the glory that rests on the other side, that we can look to Christ as the author and fulfiller of our faith, that he is the sufficiency of all that we need, that we don't need anything else but to look to Christ and to be with him. 
And so as we move through this life and as we read through Philippians, you're going to see this idea that we are to be with Christ. So ultimately, here's Paul's encouragement as we end this chapter and mine. Verse 27, let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Uh, Brothers and sisters, I just want you to be of good faith. Uh, We want you to act in a way that would be honoring to Christ. Uh, this is not about being perfect. And, and if you've heard me talk before, you understand that biblical perfection, or at least my view, is that God wants us to come to fullness, to maturity in Him. And when we do that, it becomes a lot and a lot easier to sin less. We not, may not be sinless, but we will definitely sin less. And, and not to get caught up in this earthly definition of perfection that we can never fully achieve. But in Christ... He is our righteousness. In Him we can stand. In Him we can abstain from sin and continue moving forward. And that's what he writes. For for I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, that we are coming together under one Lord and one baptism, under one doctrine, one creed, that we stand firm under the word of God and know that it's the truth and that we are of one mind, that we are thinking together so that we can striving, strive side by side, that we can work together side by side, not, not trying to get ahead, not allowing our pride or egos to get in the way, but ultimately to allow Christ to be glorified and the gospel, gospel to be proclaimed. Right, And that is what we're working for. And then verse 28, that we are not frightened. That there's nothing that scares us. That nothing uh, keeps us from doing the work of an evangelist or a missionary or a minister to, to love on others, to pray for them, to be generous with our time and our talents, to look uh, at for ways that we can encourage others and show them the great love of God. And, and that out of this, out of that, that becomes a great encouragement because for the sake of Christ, we believe and we suffer. And, and suffering is not a, a positive note necessarily to end on, but we are all in, in a situation and we are all in something. And as Paul says, in, engaged in the same conflict that you saw I have and now hear that I still have. And, and that he's not overwhelmed by the suffering. He's not overwhelmed by the imprisonment. He is truly just considering um, how to uh, continue the gospel. That this temporary affliction is nothing compared to the coming Christ that is on the other side. Uh, So I am praying for you. I want to join you here soon and uh, read up Philippians chapter 1. And then next week we'll dive into Philippians chapter 2. God bless. Bye-bye.